Welcome to Parks and Rec episode 89. We're now past the years that Sean and I were born. I know, Sean, you were born a year before me, but I'm not quite I mean, born both yet. Of them. Yeah, Haley has not quite been born yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there. And uh, this episode is season five, episode 16's Bailout, which has so, so many funny scenes. It's delightful. Written by Joe Mandy, directed by Craig Zisk, and aired March 14th, 2013. And what was going on at that time? Uh, it was right around the start of March Madness. Of course, 2013 was the year that the Louisville Cardinals won the title. This is the uh, second time I won my March Madness bracket, uh, choosing the Cardinals to be victorious. Of course, their championship was later revoked uh, due to Whoa. improper... Uh, Prostitutes yeah, or dude, sex workers. Sorry, so, yeah, sex workers. That's the more blunt version of it. Yeah. What's wrong? <laughs> I don't understand. Sean can uh, dive into it more de- deeply, I would imagine. Oh, I'll dive into it deeply. Uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty much the Louisville Cardinal were using... Uh, are they a state school or private school? Doesn't think, matter. Yeah, they're, unclear. unclear. Were they stealing school, secrets? School resources to provide sex workers for the players. And that was making <laughs> the players better at basketball? Well, that was the main thing. Well, that's against the rules. Um, and maybe illegal. Against the rules Kentucky, of the tournament? Of the NCAA. Yeah, just of college in general. Right, but what? Is, why does that re... So I'm just saying so these things are that, separate. They were using that to recruit players. Hey, mm, got it. Us, we got all the homes. Got it. And the players were like, hell yeah. And so <laughs> they went there. Yeah, and they were I, like, college is not a place that other people sexually explore. So I have to go to this school that's offering to pay people to have sex with me. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That is correct. That was also the year that Kevin Ware, Louisville guard, oh, bro- no, broke no, his no. leg in one of the worst injuries you will ever see on sports. Oh. If you're a fan of graphic injuries, feel free to look it up. Otherwise, I think I've seen it. Do not. Uh, oh. And... Made, made, I think, even doubly worse. Without getting too graphic, basically his leg, he jumps to block a shot and his leg just like crumples underneath him and the bone is sticking out. And it happens right in front of his own bench. And because of whatever court they were playing on, it was like elevated. So basically these players are eye level. So even if they're trying to look away, like it's, it's still right there. Yeah, it's just like in their line so of So they vision. had to climb up onto the court? Yeah, they did yeah. that for a while where it was like, was it if they're just playing at football courts or something? I don't know. It's something. If they were playing, like if they weren't playing at the, you know, the AT&T Center, it's normal. But if they're playing like at Cowboy Stadium, then they have it weird where they added seats, but the court was kind of higher up. And so you have to take a little, some stairs to get up there or you can jump. Huh. And or no one can, fell off. Well, it, so the court, it extends. Okay, there's extra space. Yeah, the space after the <laughs> it, it just, lines. It's just right it's just at like the line. <laughs> yeah, where there's the it's fence like, guess right you by the line. Stopped. <laughs> but yeah, if someone were to go diving into the crowd, it would be a very right. Fall. Not the best but, place to do it. Right. There was also an early season basketball game around the same time, I think, maybe, maybe uh, a few years earlier, uh, but it was played on a ship. And they brought a court out onto a ship. And I remember thinking, what if someone like makes an errant pass or blocks a shot and it just goes into the ocean then? I'm sure they had other balls, right? No, I, they're just one. Oh, they're just the one. They, yeah. That was badly planned. The, well, the ship started setting sail. But it sounds like it turned out okay. And then they realized that they only had one. They thought they had like a whole bag. And then they balls, realized we're not on a like, sailboat. They were like, dang, this is just one ball that we brought. I think it was like a, an equipment manager forgot to yeah. bring some. Wow, that's irresponsible. Though, when I asked the question, what was going on at this time, I was certainly referring to the political landscape of the U.S. government. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like this trip down basketball history. Oh, man. Lane. Yes, always fun to go down 
any kind of college basketball memory lane, Sean and Haley, both of you know that I am a big college basketball fan and have a very obscure knowledge. I'm sure all of our fans also know. I mean, yes, that as well. That as well. But in any case, fortunately for, for both of you, the trivia does not involve any college basketball. Instead, it just involves... Evolves. It just involves things from Evolves. this very episode, Bailout, airing on March 14th, 2013. And Sean, just a quick reminder, you're down six to nine. Nice. And we're playing for a cookie cake. And we're I'm not going to lie. We're running out of season here. We've only got uh, seven episodes left. But I haven't seen stands. any cookie cakes lately. Haley has not seen any cookie cakes lately. I have sampled the Bluebell cookie cake. Ice cream, cream flavor, which does not really taste like a cookie cake. Some bites do. Other bites are just very chocolatey. And it's not a bad ice cream. It's just not. Just kind of tastes like a chocolate chip cookie dough-ish kind of. I uh, didn't get that vibe. Oh, but well. Yeah. We're Try it for creams. yourselves. Yeah. Tell us what you think. I didn't not study the episode this time. You well, didn't? I did not study. Well, we'll see if it comes back to haunt you, Sean, because you have the first question. Whoa. Which takes place during the cold open, which I hope you were studying because this is my favorite cold open. Oh, yes. In the entire show. He did exclaim after it ended that it was such a great cold open. Yes. I I have watched this scene at least 175 times. (laughs) It's too many times. In my life. It's been out for seven years. It's fine. It's an average of 25 times. A year? Not bad at all. Oh, okay. So, Sean, uh, this cold open introduces us to Mona Lisa Saperstein, coincidentally John Ralphio's sister. No. That's not really coincidentally, just John Ralphio's sister. It was just written into the script. Jenny Slate and Ben Schwartz are not related, yet you would be fooled and think that they are based on their character's performance and looks, because they, they just look exactly alike. It's great. Mona Lisa comes Apparently, in. Apparently, they're twins in the show. And she wants to leave work early to go to what concert? Ah, uh, she wanted to go to the concert. Um, she wanted to go to. I don't remember, so we're gonna throw out a guess. She wanted to go to the Backstreet Boys reunion tour concert. Oh, that is very close. Uh, I would be more interested in that show than the one that she <laughs> ultimately went to. Haley, do you know what it is? No, I do remember her saying a name, but she said it so fast. And then she was talking about her therapist right there at the same time. And I got, I misheard her sentence at first and I had to like reprocess it. So is it a band or a singer or like, is it one? Is it, I'm going to just ask you a question. Is it the name of a group or the name of an artist? It's an artist, which okay. is already an unfair I know. It's an unfair. But, I mean, I was just yeah. going to say Slim Shady because I feel like she said Eminem at one point, And I was like, but that's not what she said. She did not say Eminem or Slim Shady. I know. Uh, the concert is a bit more worldwide. Oh. Uh, perhaps it, it maybe started in the Miami area yeah, and then it we get branched it. out worldwide because it was a Pitbull concert. concert. Yeah. Dale, let's go. And of course, we'd be remiss in not bringing up the story of Pitbull having to travel to the middle of nowhere, Alaska, to perform a concert at a Walmart because of a contest he ran where people had to say, hey, we want Pitbull to come to our city. And a bunch of people... <laughs> collaborated to say go to this middle of nowhere Alaska but apparently to his credit Pitbull went there put on a great show how many probably wearing a how suit. many people in attendance uh, I don't know but I would guess uh, less than a hundred nice okay question two question well this is question one for Haley in fact well yes yes Haley's first question at the Pawnee Video Dome in seventh grade Andy found something Out in the back alley. What was it? Crap. What? Oh, no. He was there. He was talking about some stuff inside. Then he was like, I went in the back alley and I found. Um, uh, I don't know. He found a squirrel. 
That is incorrect. Sean, for your chance to steal, do you know what Andy found in the back alley of the Pawnee Video Dome? Did he find, he found a rock. Ooh, that's very close. That is very yeah. close, but he found a hornet's nest. And oh, then yeah. Oh, well, he rock threw a rock at it. it. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. And they're not, they're not liking when you throw uh, rocks at their nest. That is correct. They do yeah. not like having rocks thrown at their nest. Ah, I knew they had something to do with the rock. It's just my... Right. Yeah, I knew it had something to do with an animal. Man, we were... I know, so close. We were circling around, But Samantha. still zero to zero, but that's okay, because we've each got two questions left for you, and they're both kind of uh, combo questions. Oh, no. So, Sean, as you may remember, Purd Hapley has a movie review show, or had a movie review show that is referenced during this episode. Oh, you might remember. Your question, what is the name of that show? Oh, I thought you were going to do the movie he did. Ah. Um, the name of the Purd show is Movies with Purd. That is incorrect. Haley, your chance to steal. Mm. I don't uh, remember, guys. I was eating. I remember the movie, though. I don't. I don't even remember that. It's It was called I'm Purd. Let's <laughs> review. Well, both of you got a third of the title right. Her? It's called Lights, Camera, Purred. Yep. Halfley. Yep. And Sean, I wouldn't uh, be too outraged just yet because Haley, your question is, is blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what the movie is. Go, Sean. Review? And for a bonus point. Oh, I might know this. How many stars did oh, he give it? Oh, oh, he gave it one star. I almost, yes, he did. No. One, and, one and a half. Oh, come <laughs> on. Oh, sorry, sorry, Sean. Hold sorry. on. I might remember what the movie is. It was E.T. Because <laughs> he said it was unrealistic. One, apparently, 0.5 stars. Very good. Sean is devastated. We've lost him. He's down, Anna. He might actually be paralyzed. Unclear. Uh, yeah. No, oh. no, no. I heard. Well, I heard you can still sigh. be paralyzed and, and, and grow. That's true. That is true, but I saw fingers move a little bit. Um, he's he's outraged, but here is the chance. And Sean, I will let you pick. I will let you pick. I'm just going to tell you the name of a character. You choose which one you want to answer for, Anne or April. I gotta go with Anne. He's gotta go with Anne, his classic he's my Anne. Best friend. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of best friends, a plot of this episode is Anne and April hanging out for a week being best friends. We'll get to why later, but at one point they are at the salon and they are talking about their perfect man mm. or the perfect guy, I believe is the actual phrasing of it. And uh, it combines three elements of three different people. Sean, who is Anne's perfect guy? And Perfect Guy has the body of Channing Tatum, the face of Ryan Gosling, and the sense of humor of Michael Fassbender. Oh my goodness, Sean. Three for three. Good job, Sean. Uh, a fun little, uh, I'd say a, a little more of a subtle uh, reference here with Michael Fassbender. That was certainly a joke I did not understand watching because I did not remember that joke at all. Um, but because she pauses in between. She's about to say his junk, but... What? Michael Fassbender has a huge penis. That's, that's, that's so what, the joke? So the joke is that... She's about to say it, but then she pauses and realizes, like, oh, I'm about to be vulgar. So she says sense of humor. Oh. So, yes, a very subtle joke. I only know this because I, George Clooney <laughs> used his entire... Uh, he gave, like, an entire speech at the Oscars one year just about Michael Fassbender's junk. Maybe he was, like, presenting an award or something, and he... He was Who like reading Fassbender? the nominees. He's uh, Magneto. Oh, new, okay. not, he's new Magneto, not old. Oh, okay. But I forget what the movie was that he was referencing because he goes like full frontal in a movie, and that's 
That's mag- That's when he's Magneto. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. To show that it's a magnet. I get it. I get it. Right. All right. Well, Haley, that means you have to determine April's perfect guy. And yes. you'll have to get all three of these right for the win or two of them right for the tie. For the tie? Well, the last one is that she wants the humpback of the hump... Hun- Sorry, the hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> of the hunchback of Notre Dame. No, 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 ter- I don't know how she says it, but anyway, Notre Dame. Uh, she wants that part, and then she wants two other things. Sean, do you know either of these? You're reaching at the screen like you, you do, in fact, know, but maybe you're just uh, I know one of them. palm stretches. We'll have at it. The torso of Yao Ming. Yep, that's the first thing she She says. The torso of Yao Ming, the hunchback. That's the third thing she says. What's the middle one? The hunchback of Notre Dame and the brain of Napoleon. Oh, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Sean, don't look now. Don't call it a comeback. But you are on your way. You're only down nine to seven now. Yes. I like how you switch the numbers now. Now that it's not 69 anymore. Well, 97, of course, the year, uh, the first year of the Last Dance documentary, 97, 98. So representing the, first the Bulls year very well. My brother was alive. Uh, also, that as well. That also as well. a good one. Not my first brother, but one of my brothers. There were three before that one. All right, Sean, what you got? What happened this episode? <laughs> it seemed like you were paying close attention. I mean, you did very well in the trivia, considering you said you were not studying this episode. I, rem- I remember I repeated what Anne said, because so, I was like, that's probably going to be a question. That did sound very nicely memorized. Well done. <laughs> yes. Um, we're at Winners Win. Rent a swag. And Tom has hired... Uh, Mona John Lisa. Ra- Mona Lisa. John Ralph oh, yeah. Sister. And like when when Tom said her full name, uh, Ben gets the I guess the uh, what's the thing where you figure something out without them telling you like Spidey sense? puts the pieces together. He puts the pieces together and he's like, "Wait, that must mean, yeah, that's my sister." John Mafia comes out of nowhere and she's the worst. And he does that like twice. He makes somebody fall down when he's telling. That's true. Uh, he does. He does make Ben <laughs> fall down later by telling him. <laughs> <She's> like, <"What?" laughs> and, and then she... immediately gets back up and says, "Hi, John Ralphio. Nice to meet you." <laughs> uh, it's Jenny Slate, and I was happy to see Jenny Slate because uh, uh, I watch Big Mouth, and she's in Big Mouth along with uh, Nick Crow, who was earlier in the season. So hey, they were both in this show. Uh, but yeah, um, Tom hired her. She needs to go to the Pitbull concert, even though Tom has an important event coming up. And But since she's the worst, um, she said she would burn the place down. Uh, so Tom has to let her go. And it uh, makes Ben talk to Chris, because Chris is uh, dealing with, still dealing with deciding, does he want to give his sperm to Anne uh, to be a, the donor for her baby. Uh, and so he doesn't know how he can handle being a father. And so Ben gives him the bright idea to take on Tom as his son. So he, so Chris talks to Tom and says, hey, you need to be more authoritative. Authoritative? Show your authority more uh, if you want to get her in line. And so Tom's like, but Tom's like scared of her. He said he's terrified because he once watched her punch a police horse in the face. (laughs) And so, uh, but he gives Tom the pep talk. Tom is just like, okay, I'll do it. So Tom tells uh, Mona Lisa to that she has to get her act together because she's just laying on the couch high off of ecstasy, not wanting to do any work. She has a flask uh, and a magazine in hand and telling... She's to take it without. Yeah. Yeah, she's like telling the customers that their clothes are ugly and they can just keep them. Yeah. Like, that's not why you're here. And Tom's like, no. And he gets the real amount from the kid. So Tom, you know, gets very uh, boss-like 
tells her what to do. She's astonished about this, but she's also turned on. So, <laughs> uh, so she finds it really hot and so hot it makes her want to crap her pants. Um, and Tom's like, what? But then she throws him on the couch and she dives on top of him. And Tom screams. And that was my favorite part of this episode, the, the scream. Because <laughs> it sounded like a scream I did. <laughs> Whenever I just have random screams in the house. In the we, are, we are familiar. <laughs> if something was going wrong with the TV or if, uh, you know, something fell off the shelf, it's the Sean scream. Like um, a TV. No, not a TV. TV never fell off. Hopefully, that wouldn't be <laughs> happening. That's very um, dangerous. What's, what else? What's, what's the other game? Leslie and Chris, no, not Chris, Chris Pratt. Leslie and Andy are at a, uh, like a, it's like a video showing at the, at the Pawnee Video Dome where the guy, I kept thinking it was the guy from, I don't remember his name. I guess Jason t- Schwartzman. I, get, I just kept telling myself it's the guy from uh, 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 the movie with the ex-girlfriend. Scott Pilgrim. The villain from Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah. Pilgrim. He is there. <laughs> it's the main bad guy. That's the only place I've ever seen. Him. I uh, always think he, of him from I Heart Huckabees for some in reason. Many things. I Heart Huckabees, Rushmore, uh, The Royal Tenenbaums, Darjeeling Sarah, Limited. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. Haven't seen him. But yes. Jason Schwartzman, he has these really boring ass movies, depressing. Leslie wants to watch Finding Nemo. They don't have Finding Nemo. Uh, they got some black and white movie where, I guess, these people, they didn't want to go to war, so they get they died because they were for treason or something. Like, I don't know. It's something yeah, really yeah. They like refused to go to war, and so they were executed as cowards. I think is the way that he <laughs> summarizes it before watching it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so then at the end of the movie, he's like, "Oh, by the way, we're closing down. We're like bankrupt." Unless it's like, no, we have to preserve homeboy's business. She didn't call him homeboy. She called him by his real name. What's his name? Like Dave? Who knows? Oh, uh, And she's like, and he's like, they don't know what to do. And she, Leslie gets the bright idea to make this location a historical landmark uh, through her city council powers. Um, Andy was asleep the whole time. He was not interested. Wait, he didn't know where he was, which is really funny. Because he woke up, he kept asking, like, no, really. Yeah, he was really... Where are we? (laughs) Everything being said was so weird. (laughs) He had no clue. I'm not sure why Leslie was so passionate about this particular project. (laughs) Getting it turned into historical. And so... she, She really was. When she was brainstorming how to uh, fix this... I think Ron overheard her and just yeah. came barging in and was like, no, that would be a government bailout. And, you know, Ron hates the, the government. He's all about capitalism. And so some of this stuff was uh, very uh, topical for today's time because we're still under lockdown and receiving stimulus checks from the coronavirus. And people, just, people don't want their check. They just want to go back to work, even though, you know, kill a thousand people. That's another, that's not the podcast of the day. Anyways, Ron's a very against government and bailouts. He just wants, uh, the reason why a business fails is so that a better business can come and take it over. That's how capitalism works, he says. Um, But Leslie's not having it. She's going to do what she can to save this business. They hold a city council meeting where uh, talking about making the video dome and historical land landmark and they're talking to the people and Andy is there and Andy forgets what he's supposed to say and that's when he tells the story of going behind the uh, video dome, seeing the waspness hitting it with a rock and then all hell breaking loose and then Leslie kind of starts to speak for him <laughs> saying yeah. how, you know preserve this memories in this town but then everybody else started kind of speaking up. But it wasn't, it wasn't really against, no, no, no. There was one guy who kept getting, once he kept getting him escorted out by the bailiff, because he was like, 
where you can just buy old movies online now. And he didn't even say buy. He was like, I'm watching movies for free on my phone right now. Like, there's see, no reason that we need to do this. And she was just, yeah, banners. And, and then later someone's like, hey, my tool store needs money. And he's like, you can buy tools online. Same guy. And they're like, how are you back in here? Get out of here. <laughs> so yeah, other people are coming in. There's a guy in like, a, I guess, like war costume. Oh, a libertarian guy. Yeah, he's from the Pawnee Libertarian Party. And so he's not all for it. But then he realizes that he needs some a loan from the city. So yeah, he's, he's like, I don't believe in this bailout. But also we need some money. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy, the creepy sewer guy that no longer works for the sewer. He just wants think, a personal loan. Yeah, he just wants a personal loan. So they deny that. Yeah, uh, but there's a bunch of businesses that are coming up. They're like, oh, I heard about the bailout. I heard you're giving money away. I heard this. And she's just keeps being like, no. And Ron's just sitting there, arms crossed, like smiling and laughing. He's just smirking. But I guess it gets approved, apparently. Because they're all, These are all small businesses, too, like the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh yeah, and they're three minutes. How much money? Did, how much money did the? Anyways, no, 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 we're not going. Here. Who gives Lakers like? <laughs> all right. Uh, so I guess the uh, the quote unquote bailout gets approved for this video dome, and so uh, as Leslie's walking up, Ron exits super gay. Like you know something's up because he's super stoked about it. He's like, "Hey Leslie, your thing worked. This is what happens when you bail out places." Oh, because when part of the bailout, she she had a meeting with the uh, owner and was like, hey, you need to put movies in that people want to watch. You need to do these things. And they made like a plan of action. And so then if he doesn't follow that, I don't know what happens. But basically, in order to get it approved, they had to do that. So then. So then she walks in and it turns out it's an adult movie store. And then they like. I don't remember what they call it. Was it the Pawnee porn store? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I think Pawnee was spelled different. It was, I don't know, like porny or something like that. Oh, the porn- <laughs> yeah. And, so and then he's in- like, I did exactly what you said. I got movies that the audience wanted to see. There's and never like, been this many people here. The biker guy that was hitting on Anne a few episodes ago. With the nipple rings. Yeah, he was there and he was super stoked. He said, I like this store. Um, everybody's everybody buying uh, all the movies or renting all the movies. And Leslie's, you know, distraught. So it's like, no. And then I, so right before they went to the commercial, I, I saw a poster in the back. I was like, hey, it's that lady that ran for president at Four Star. And then when they came back from commercial, she's, she's back. She's talking. Randy Max. It wasn't just a poster. She's actually in the episode thanking yeah. Leslie for her work. And she gives Leslie a hug. And Leslie did not want the hug. Um, but yeah. So now, then, yeah, the video dome is now a porn store. And then Brandy Max tells Leslie that um, to thank her, she's going to uh, play her in an upcoming adult film. And Leslie's like, no, you don't have to do that. But, but Brandy Max is like, oh, we already shot it. <laughs> and like, it's already, it has, already has a title and everything. It's about the bailout. Yeah. I forgot what the title was. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, that was funny. But the third plot is Anne. You know, she wants Chris to come and tell her, like, well, that sounded. She wants Chris to say uh, whether or not he's in or out. Wait, that's bad too. I keep making sexual innuendos. So words. Chris hasn't. <laughs> Chris hasn't committed to. <laughs> the sperm donation uh and Anne wants to have a conversation about it but she also doesn't want to rush him so she's this whole episode trying to distract herself from that and then at the end of the episode uh, or no or there's more oh well at the end of the episode chris agrees to do it and she's super stoked uh because it turns out tom uh being authoritative with jenny slate's mona lisa as it turned out into a a relationship. So now they're seeing each other. And Tom said he's only 28. And so you're going to see where this roller coaster goes. So that's what convinced Chris. And he says she used to be. Yeah, she used to be the worst. And now she's only pretty awful or something like that. Yeah. And Jerry gave him a pep talk, too, about like how fathers make mistakes. You can't be always doing right. Uh, 
Uh, no one's ever let me talk this long before. <laughs> and to enjoy the small victories. And so when, when Tom said small victories too, that's what it convinced Chris to uh, go ahead and say yes to Anne's uh, proposal. Because at first he was going to say no because he was disappointed because Tom admitted to him, to Chris and Ben, that, yep, I was authoritative with her and now we're sleeping with each other. And they were not happy about that. But it, it turned out okay, so they're cool. Um, April wants to, has a secret to tell Anne that she wants to get into veterinary school in Bloomberg. And, but it's a secret. And so if Anne told anybody, she was going to kill her slowly with a syringe. And she was holding the syringe. Um, and it was giant. It's a very large syringe. So um, she needs a letter of recommendation from Anne. Because she knows Anne is very good at work, working at stuff. Even though she calls her a janitor at the hospital, not a nurse. Um, Anne agrees to do it only if April will be her best friend for the next seven days. Yeah. Anne wants to force April to like her. She doesn't know it's just, just how she is, so she, she truly hates her. So they're going to be best friends for the next seven days. They go get their nails done. That's what they talk about, the perfect man. They go to, but. They go the everywhere thing? together, yeah. April gets uh, Anne Suggs painted on her nails. So that sucks. But, but she's uh, still participating. Still participating. They get their hair braided. Um, and it's making April's hair, head hurt. Um, they sing. Well, Anne has the lyrics of Time After Is the song called Time After Time? Yes. yes. And she hand wrote them all out across a whiteboard. And I was like, why, why did she write them all out? Because I was thinking, because it seems like they're doing sort of like a karaoke, but without the music or lyrics. But I guarantee yeah. she could have just pulled them up on the computer, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> she wrote them all out on the on the whiteboard. Yeah. And so she's in there singing it. She's singing with the eraser. And she wants April to sing. And so April's like reluctant and reluctant in singing. But then uh oh, oh yeah, because April wants to know what Chris and Anne were gonna talk about because Chris They're being her. very awkward and tense. Yeah. And so, and April loves the operators, and so she's like super giddy trying to figure out what it was, but Anne didn't sing anything. So the next day, uh, Anne's in here singing this song, and April won't sing unless uh, Anne tells her what the sec- what her secret is. And so Anne explains to April that she wants Chris to be a sperm donor, but it's super awkward because da 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 da. And then April starts singing the song. She doesn't even look at look at the lyrics. She because she knows the song already. And so they started singing together like they're best friends. And then out of nowhere, to, and <laughs> no, in my head, I'm like, man, this is the whitest shit. I don't know this song. Cause, cause, you don't uh, know time after time? Come on, Sean. Well, that's what but April I, says. She's like, everybody knows the song, Anne. Yeah, well, I, I've heard the song. I don't know the song. Like, I don't know oh, the yeah. When they were the singing the actual words, I was like, nobody knows that part of the song. Yeah. Everyone just knows the time after time part. Yeah, I know that part. Anyways. Yeah, and so as they're singing, out of nowhere, the door opens and Donna just busts out singing the <laughs> song as well. I was like, well, that ruins my theory. Like, I guess black people do know this song. Uh, so yeah, everybody loves this song. Um, actually, and those three, they, I guess they're okay singers. Um, Aubrey Plaza is the best singer out of all of them, but I don't know if she has any singing roles. Well, in. Donna's got the uh, the opera chops, of course, from opera chops that we've seen. Not really opera, I guess, more... Opera, like yeah, like choir gospel, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, and now and that's that. Oh no! Wait, they have a. Oh, uh, Anne gives April her letter of recommendation, and and to say thanks, April gives Anne a baby names book, and they both say, "Well, uh, I hope everything works out." And Anne gets emotional and says, all right, we're going to hug. She hugs April. And April doesn't really hug her back. She just, like, says, oh, you're hurting me. Um, yeah. And so, Leslie, say the place is a, pump, it's a porn store, and the town is happy. 
And so the next time they did one of those viewings. Um, so Leslie decides, well, I think that she and Ron go have food at JJ JJ's in between and they have a talk and Ron's like, it's okay, Leslie, these things happen. That's why we don't meddle in, in this, like businesses are going to come and go, whatever. And I guess they feel better. And then they go back and Leslie is doing like a ceremony or something. That's where the exchange of gifts happens between Anne and April. And she makes an announcement that city hall is going to host a weekly film screening and with a discussion afterwards. And yeah. Yeah. Back at the diner, Ron orders a party platter that feeds eight to 12 people. And the waiter informs him of this. And Ron knows. And then, then when they bring it out, I guess there's some like lettuce and like yeah. tomato in it. He hands that back to him. He's like, I don't need this. He says, I know what I'm about, son. Oh, yeah, I know what I'm about. Um, and then and Leslie's then, like, you should stick around. This is impressive. It only takes him four minutes to eat it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which makes you think they weren't at Because she didn't get any waffles. She got something, though. Yeah, that didn't look like JJ's. That just looked like a, a deli of sorts. That's true. It didn't, and it wasn't JJ who put it on the table, and usually he does. You're right. Remember, I just assumed they were there. Yeah, remember, we used to, it probably JJ's setting. They just didn't, <laughs> they named it something else. Well, I was thinking we've never seen this part of the restaurant before. So that should have been a clue to me that it was just a different restaurant. There, there, there must be more than one restaurant in Pawnee. I guess so. There are several we, punch burgers. We used to do food of the episode. There was a lot of food on Ron's plate. There was. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. (laughs) Um, So they're doing, I guess, yeah, city council's hosting the thing at the the poor storage place. Wait, no, they were at city council. They weren't at his place. But they brought the guy back, the uh, Jason Sportsman, and they were doing a viewing of something else. But it turned out to be... Sound of music. Yeah, they're going to do Sound of Music. Everybody's excited. And it turns out that it wasn't the Sound of Music. It was actually a new porno that Brandy Max made where it was her as Leslie and some dude as Ron Swanson. And they were like doing those classic lines. I don't remember the lines, but you know, those classic porn lines before they start banging. Yeah. And they started approaching each other and cleared off the desk and and they cleared off the desk so strangely. If you watch <laughs> audience, if you watch no part of this episode except for the hot closing, I think that's what this was, please do because the Ron character walks up and he just kind of puts his hands slowly onto the materials on the desk and slides them almost like gently but like robotically at the same time and slides them off and then they start climbing onto the desk. And then, what's the name of the film? It's like something, nail. It's something with nail. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, that's the episode. Mm-hmm. Da 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 da. Well, eighty-nine for us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's yes. true. Not quite for. So that. did y'all? Did y'all watch? Did y'all watch the uh, the? Reading? Oh yeah. On Thursday of last week. We did. I meant to talk about it at the beginning. Uh, we did watch the reunion, the Parks and Rec reunion. Sean and did. Sean, Sean, Sean did not. Because yes. no spoilers. And we were live tweeting during it as well. We were. At Parks Rec Pod on the old Twitter sphere, if you want to holler at that. I would say most people. Yeah, a lot of characters were the on show, there. Uh, the, the one you would expect to not be on there was not on there. And... Uh, the ones, the, just a lot oh, of... No. Uh, oh, oh, no, someone's going to die? Oh. A lot of bit ones. Well, Sean taking that a drastic measure. Unless it was the guy from season one. I forgot his name now. Mark Brandanowitz, and yes, I will just say that because Haley is looking at me confused Yeah, I don't well. understand he, why you're not just saying he that. He is not on. Yeah, why would he be on? I don't know. I think Sean's still holding out hope that he's going to come back. Well, so, yeah, but... Oh, no. That doesn't mean he can't ever come back. It just means he has no place on the reunion episode. It's not like they brought every single character from ever on there. They just brought the main people back and some of the recurring other characters. They did bring a lot of them back. Um, so was it I, like? Was it like a? Uh, so at work in my break room, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I eat lunch, 
Uh, I'll turn on the TV. We have an antenna. We don't have cable. But sometimes Modern Family will be on. I've never really started watching, you know, Modern Family from, you know, from, to, from beginning to end. But there was an episode where they were all just doing like a bunch of video calls on the computer. Was it like that? I do remember that episode. I it was yeah. it was kind of like that, except that episode. This one was just straight up like, "Hey, we're all calling each other on Zoom." So the Modern Family episode, I think, was more about how you can use different technology to communicate and things like that. But this one was, it was set up like, "I'm Leslie and I'm calling this person," and then it would be like, "I'm this person and I'm calling that person." I mean, they didn't introduce themselves every time, but it was like, "Here's my face on." A screen and then here's a different person's face so yeah yeah and certainly not the best parks and rec episode by any any stretch of the imagination but yeah but it was i think fun comforting to, to see together. everyone yeah and of course we got some great uh great bit characters in there in the forms of uh primarily of commercials um like yeah. john ralphio came in he did not have a business to advertise, <laughs> but instead just gave his personal phone number and you could give him a call. Which Joey called. Of course, we did try to call and it went to a non-functioning number. So that was yeah. mildly disappointing. It was like one something 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 Ralphio, which was great. Um, what was I going to say? Dang. Oh, I was going to say that kind of the message of the entire thing was just, you know, like be safe, connect to people. If you have mental health needs, make sure you're taking care of them. Like talk to your friends if you need support. Like they were just kind of sending out messages of today. At one point they said like, wash your hands and use soap. So it was about making sure that you're staying safe and connected and in tune with what's happening, even though we're sheltering in place and doing those types of things. And I've been reading plenty of paraphernalia not paraphernalia just stories articles on (laughs) uh, on the whole pandemic situation and one of them i read this morning was how it seems like uh our cognitive abilities in general because of the lack of a routine and all of that are becoming more impaired and we're forgetting basic things and that's a good reminder that we forgot to say what we were drinking this episode oh our cognitive it's all thrown off yes 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 So if you feel like you're processing things slower right now, you might actually be processing things slower right now. Like there's science behind that. Don't worry about it. So give yourself a break. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody believes science. That's true. Nobody believes science. But aliens also say it. And now we got confirmation of UFOs and nobody cares. Yeah. So just whatever you believe. Whatever you believe. And I believe this is a pretty good drink that we've got. It's I agree. the Meridian Hive Honey. And instead of being made in Austin, it's mead in Austin. Because it's uh, me. Uh, 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 ah! I need to try that. I heard mead is good. I heard it's sweet. Mead is good. And it is sweet. Some of them some of them are really, really sweet. So you have to kind of like figure out what is your tolerance level. But this one is oh, good. Be- yeah, this one is good because it tastes like hunt like it really tasted like honey i guess uh sean could say he wants it he needs it what do you buy me that i'm going to you know ignore that but what do you buy me i think you can buy some sure there there might be a place like that but also wherever i mean we bought this at h-e-b it's a can but you can i think buy some at specs as well and other places like that also any renaissance fair once those open back up yes that's where i what what section is the mead like if you go to h-e-b is it by the beer no i uh we bought these this is from that pack that joey got like mixed single cans so i'm not sure yeah it would probably be closer to ciders, yeah. I would guess. It would be in the beer aisle, though. Faux show. Faux show. For sure. Well, I feel like H-E-B only has one alcohol area, so. But ask someone that works there, because they could probably help you. Yeah. Although there might not be we as many people anywhere, floating Sean. around to help right now. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? it's there. You'll be able to find it if you, yeah. if you just put on your searching cap. But, Sean, before, before you get too into the mead hunt before you you have a need for mead are we gonna do top five top five now sean it is my turn for the top five this week and you had yes. mentioned that the song time after time by 
national treasure Cindy Lauper is the I, I thought she originally did that. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I just learned girls <laughs> just want to have fun was not an original. No, we, yeah. Is it boys? recently? Yeah. No, no, it's it's a man singing. Girls just want to have fun. It's it's a the lyrics are the same. It's just not like the version that people the version that I think most people associate with it is not the original one. Because that he wrote it, I guess. He okay. wrote it, but did not popularize it into the anthem that it has become. But in any I case, mean, maybe back then he did. Everyone was singing along the time after time, and it got me thinking. As a, a karaoke fan, what are some good karaoke songs to do? And I used to host karaoke out in Los Angeles, and have been to many a karaoke bar. I have an ongoing playlist of songs that I have performed a karaoke and an ongoing goal to karaoke it has, yes and an ongoing goal to karaoke in every state still plenty to go we're almost i don't know 20 percent of the way there yeah we got time once things open back up but i don't want to do the uh just the best songs uh or the most predictable songs because I can give you that list right now and it's <laughs> the most overdone songs it's don't stop believing by journey it's Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. It's Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. It's I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Is there a fifth one? I had a fifth one. I was getting real excited about it, and then I have blanked on it. Oh, it's probably country song. It's Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler is number five. And, and most people that do that will sing the yeah, Will done. Ferrell version from old school where they're dropping F-bombs in it. And like, come on. Never seen old school. <sighs> Sean. Come on, Eileen. Sean, you're letting us down. Come on, Eileen. Not, not a very uh, popular karaoke song. Unfortunately, it's a jam. But All in right. any case, these are the top five so, underrated karaoke songs. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. What is your classification for this list? All right, here we go. Number five. I was going to say one. <laughs> no, we're not starting with one. I... And of course, underrated being in the sense of that you still want people to know these, right? They still have to know the songs, but they're not as frequently performed at karaoke. So I'm not going to say something like, Oh, Bo by Bo Burnham. Well, what are you going to say? <laughs> uh, well, inspired uh, somberly by the recent death of Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne. Number five is Stacy's mom, who's got it going on. This has all the things you need. It's a memorable chorus that people still, still know. Easy to sing along How's to. It go? And Stacey's mom has got it going on. And it has a great music video, which not everyone has seen the music video, but you kind of have that association too of your head of like, oh, I remember liking this music video. I'm going to get in on this performance. But number three is during the verses, you're still pe- keeping people engaged because of the little call and response that's going on. Stacy, can I come over after school? You get the crowd saying after school. Uh-huh. <laughs> After school. Perfect. Perfect. So very easy. Also, uh, the guitar solo that's in there is not super long, so you don't have to stand around fiddling with your hands in your pockets. Is it shorter or longer than this list? Shorter. Oh, dang. Number four, Sean, you and I have performed this one together. This is uh, perhaps the most recent addition to my karaoke list that's on this list. Uh, it's a jam by David Guetta and Sia. <laughs> I am uh, Titanium. Oh, uh, yes. That is correct. You like that song? Oh, I think it's a great underrated karaoke song. Oh, okay. the way Well, first of all, Tell us. You, and, you and I are, I've, I've seen this done three times and we have done it two of the times. Uh, so it's it's certainly not an overdone song, but people still well, remember I've it. I definitely still... sang it with Sean as well. Well, that's because everyone's getting in on the performances yeah. and singing along with it. Uh, but it's just a it's a simple enough song to sing. I think it does obviously see as a great singer, but this chorus is kind of just screaming. You're kind of just screaming that you're titanium, yeah. and that's something that we can all do. And if you can't, if it's, it starts getting out of your range, you just hold it out to the crowd because. It's, it's a song about resilient, yeah, being resilient, and people can get behind that. So just go into a group of people, hold out the mic, we'll all sing along. I like that. It's definitely out of my range. But that doesn't stop you. 
Because you're does. titanium. Yes, I'm Brazilian. Number three. Number three. This is another nod to Adam Schlesinger and also one of my favorite movies, That Thing oh, yeah. You Do, the titular track from that movie. So the song, That Thing You Do, which enough people have seen that movie that they know the song. Oh, yeah? A few people who haven't seen the movie also know the song. Hmm. But it's also just easy enough to sing along to. It's got a great toe tap and beat with the, How's it go? the drum beat. Like very, it is a good very, like yeah. bobbing around. Yeah, it's a good. You want to get up and dance, and it's a song written in the '90s, but the movie is set in the '60s, so it's meant to sound like a '60s song. So if you have older folks in the audience, they're getting down with it because it sounds like the music they listened to growing up. And who doesn't enjoy that? Who also just doesn't enjoy the oldies in general? Everyone's on it. Oh, number two. Number two. I was going to say, I, wearing a suit is optional while singing that thing you do. You boys look great in red. Have I told you that? Number two is a uh, song that I believe is best done as a duet, but you can certainly tackle it solo as well. It's the song Fat Lip from Sum 41. Okay, but for real, how does this one go? Uh, this is Sum 41's first hit, uh, Storming Through the Party Like My Name Was El Nino. Mm. Of course, the chorus is, I don't want to waste my time. Yes, or if you sing it more, more bratty, I don't want to waste my time. And great opportunity for harmonizing in the chorus, but a very nice back and forth throughout the verses and, or I'm sorry, throughout just, just the verses uh, and the bridge as well with the don't count on me. Oh, the first so time I do I, know a Sum 41. The first time I recall no, I this song I being uh, performed, this actually is not true. The second time I recall the song being performed, first time I remember it being performed was a friend and I doing it at a Six Flags, which does karaoke. Uh, yeah, sometimes It's like a thing do, of Six yeah. Flags. Who knew? Um, but we did it. It there was great. There used to be a lot of time. performances at Six Flags, but I feel like not as much anymore. There used to be a big concert scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching a, a show on Netflix. Um, I believe it's called Feel Good. And uh, there's an episode where the main character gets a Sum 41 tattoo. And then says later that it was always there. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite ridiculous, but well done. I approve. Uh, Sum 41 has a few, <gasps> few solid songs, but this is easily their best karaoke one. Uh, especially if you have a friend that knows the words, you can break it up very nicely. My sister and I have done this a couple of times. Um, but I was going to say the first time I saw it at karaoke, I had forgotten about the Six Flags until I started telling this story. But it was uh, New Year's Eve of, let's say, 2012. Back in, uh, I was visiting my sister, or perhaps I still lived out there. Maybe this was 2011. And we were at Backstage Bar and Grill out in Culver City, California. Shout out. And they, uh, they were like, all right, this is going to be uh, the first song of the new year. And they call this guy up. And I'm not going to lie. We, we were judgmental at first. He looked like the type of guy that was like kind of a jerk. He kind of came up with like, yeah, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock this. Yeah, this is going to be great. And uh, we were just like, oh, no, like it's, it's going to be it's going to be bad. And then uh, Fat Lip started playing and he did a wonderful job. And we were just like, all right, this is going to be a good year. And, uh, I mean, compared to 2020, it was. Who knows? 2020 is not even halfway in. I mean, unless we all. But yes. But yes. A lot I mean, there's a lot. Surpass any year. I yes. don't know. I just feel like we, I mean, yes, so much has happened. Obviously, no one planned for any of this. Obviously, there are awful things happening. People are dying. You know, there's so many other things, but I feel like uh, we're all stuck right now in this place of like, when we get back to this, when this happens, when that happens. And I don't know that that's the best perspective to have. Or like, if that's going to happen. Right. Like, I think we need to get used to living in what is our reality rather than trying we can't to go back. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if that's like as healthy to to only be focusing on negative and being like, oh, I can't wait for this negative, awful thing to be over. Well, we might be living in this negative, awful thing for quite some time to come. 
But anyway, I don't know. Oh, Joey with the phone vibrating. No? No, my vibrator was off. Well, that was a real uh, dark turn from what was just a lighthearted list. But let's do number one. You which can announce is, yourself. I sure can. Number one, which is the song Roses by Outkast. Always a fun time to nah. hop up on stage. Oh, no, no, no. This does. Uh, no, it does. So, you've do, I feel it. like you've done this top five before. She's the reason for the word, bitch. Bitch. Yeah. Yes, you get, again, you've got a great call and response chorus. Also during the verses, everyone loves saying the Caroline, and you can get a rap in there as well. And uh, it's just a nice mix of singing, rapping, and then uh, cussing out. A lot of different bitch varieties at the end, if you get the extended version. But sometimes it might just cut off before that, so nice and quick. Yes. (laughs) Sean will now recite them all. (laughs) Good song. I like the song. Whoever Thank plays you. Caroline in the music video, uh, A+. <laughs> A+. We'll have that as part of trivia for next episode. What was the quote of the episode? I didn't trigger it. You did, you did not. Um, the, I mean, I was tempted to just include the worst as the quote <laughs> of the episode, which is a great one, but it's another John Ralphio where Ben is talking about how he had to carry a sack of flour around and just treat it as if it was a child. And so he suggests Chris takes Tom on as his quote unquote child. And John Ralphio pops in to say, I heard sack of flour in high school. Are you ding dongs making fake drugs for sophomore? Because if true, this guy wants in. The worst. <laughs> But is he worse or is Mona Lisa worse? Well, Mona Lisa is at least attractive, so he's worse. <laughs> attractive to me, I don't know. I guess we know we know where Sean's priorities stand. Yes. Fantastic. And before we wrap up, let's just do a quick little categories. Categories. Excellent work. Excellent backup all around. Now, this one's a little bit of a stretch. I'm going to admit it off the top. I, as we mentioned, there's, there's the bag of flour. Uh, and so that made me think flour is a homonym for the other type of flour. And that's what this category will be, is types of flowers. Starting with daisies. Honeysuckles. Roses. Dang, taking the song title. Uh, marigolds. Tulips. Sunflower. Violet. What? <laughs> um, carnations. Bluebonds. Lilacs. I just can't remember what we've said at all. Um, did we say we said lavender, didn't we? I don't uh, think so. No. Okay, then lavender. Is that a flower? Uh, or just a plant? The lasso. No. What? No. Like a Powerpuff Girl? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I said a Pokemon because I'm out. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Lavender, Lavender is, a is a flowering plant. Oh, you said Belossum. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Oddish. Yes. Um, I believe Belossum is just a plant Pokemon as well, though. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Bellsprout. Bellstone. Which is just, yeah. Uh, oh, which becomes a vacuum cleaner in Weepin' Bell. A suck. Suck vac. Uh, well, I'm glad you lost, because I was about to say tulips, and I can't remember if we said I that said already. That, yeah, yeah, so it was already said. So. I was Sean thinking, is the loser. Um, I was thinking ditties next. Like puff. What? Like puff. Like puff. P. Oh. P diddy. Like, now just diddy. Like a... Reference back to the previous Parks and Rec episode. Bellsprout. Soldier Bortellums and Diddies and oh yeah, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way yeah. back. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
I, it was a trivia. Bone Thugs and Harmoniums. Yeah. As well. See, now, now, now we get it. Now we're all clicking. Now yeah. we are all clicking, and hopefully you are clicking that subscribe button on your favorite <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's a pretty good segue, right? I uh, or clicking five stars, and maybe even going one click further, clicking write a review and then leaving oh. a couple of positive. I was like, there's no six flower. stars. No, there's no six stars yet. But until there is, uh, five stars plus comment is always welcome. And we are um, very um, appreciative um, of it. But before um, we head out, Sean. Um, I ho- oh, he's ready. Oh, he, that's what he was saying. Okay. Yes. I thought we were losing him. I, the next episode is called Partridge. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. Partridge? What is a partridge exactly? And why is it in the pear tree? Because I don't know. Like, we need that's to where your lover put it. Oh, really? But what is it? We don't know what that is, though. And so this is going to be a show about confusion. (laughs) This is going to be a show about confusion. (laughs) It's basically all we got out of that. bird, right? (laughs) They're all birds. Yeah, they all are birds. Or humans. Human in a pair of trees. And then rings. (laughs) There's a couple different items. Eight maids of milk it. That's a human. Yeah, there's some leaping lords towards the end. Drummers. Drummers drumming. Turtle doves. Somebody's dancing. I mean, you've heard the song, you know. The turtle dove is a dove, right? Not a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> it's turtles with the wings on them. <laughs> I'm just making sure. <laughs> it's actually a type of fish. It's the most perplexing animal. Ah, uh, Parks and Rec. This is the end of the podcast. It's over. You don't have to listen anymore. Podcast is over now. Thanks for tuning in. Close your app. Listen to the radio. Or listen to the next episode.